I've written in that space for some time and it's the old school 30 page video sales letter. That's aggressive conversions. And you gotta be really good to just have someone click on an ad and then generate six figures in passive income. And that's heavy on conversions. And the, the thing behind that is brand voice is almost irrelevant there. You're creating an engagement through amazing copy. This is Digital Marketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you updated on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you'd be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today we have John Reyes as our guest. He's a freelance copywriter, CRO specialist, and the owner of copyright or copyblueprints.com. Uh, he helps six to seven figure influencers and has an entire system around copywriting that's actually cohesive for your entire marketing program. So welcome, John. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's get into it. I think a lot of people kind of have a misunderstanding when it comes to copywriting and they think that's mm -hmm. just for, you know, setting up your brand voice or it's just for uh, getting your funnel in check or it's just for mm -hmm. email drip campaigns. Uh, but kind of what we talked about was how you can have a cohesive approach to copywriting that actually delivers uh, forever, which is what everybody wants. Yeah, this is uh, from experience of you know, working with kind of global mastermind leaders and people who've dominated their niche for decades versus up and comers versus people who went to, you know, nothing to a couple million. So everything in between, you know, nothing from a couple million and then people who did extremely well and then failed very quickly. And the core of that, you know, it's, it's three core points to marketing and copywriting. And to systematize the entire system and your efforts, it boils down into those three simplistic concepts of uh, the first one is marketing and writing for conversions. Second one is marketing and writing for your brand voice. And then three is marketing and writing to give insane, insanely good value to your audience. But it, it differs, you know, health and wellness strategy is a little bit different from entrepreneurship training and personal growth. But Ultimately, it does boil down to those three things, and it sounds way too simple, but I've seen businesses excel really quickly when they can just get it down and then automate it. Well, and I think that that kind of simple approach that people could grasp right off the bat, because I think with with copywriting, you know, there's there's a lot of literature on it. There's a ton of training on it. And I think it's really easy to overcomplicate it, especially when it comes to translating, you know, your message into branding versus products versus offers. And so I think your approach sounds like it it has uh, makes it simple enough for people to actually consistently execute. Uh, so do you have a couple of examples of kind of how this worked or didn't work when somebody stopped doing it? Absolutely. I mean, the three things I want to touch on are, you know, there's the health and wellness space where it's a supplement. And then it's, if you're known for your, you know, your product, if you have a insulin pen protection product and you're known for that specific product, then it's not big on brand voice. It's big on conversions and value. So you want to expand explain the value of your supplement, explain the value of your workout program, and then write for conversions, and then some brand voice, right? And then there is the kind of the Tony Robbins era where it's very big on brand voice. You know, you get to a level 
where people start to recognize the name for the up and comers, you know, five and six figure levels and hopefully to seven, you start to gain presence and then you understand what your audience responds to. And if they really love your personality, you find out, you don't guess, right? You see the engagement, you see the conversion rates on your videos, your social media. And if they like the ones that are just really great personality, then your brand voice is super important. Mm -hmm. um, there's like, you know, there, you get to a certain level probably when you go from six to seven where you have to reveal a bunch of flaws. And that's extremely hard for any influencer marketing based company because then it's, you know, you talk about how you're a guru, but you became that way because your mom was a drug addict and, mm. you know, you went to therapy and you actually were not amazing. You were very shy and awkward until you learned all this stuff. And that's where you hit the point where you're, you're either going to attract more people. You should be attracting your perfect fit audience. That's going to help you scale and just repel people who are judging you for your story. Um, but that's the second one where it's personality based. Wow. I hope I'm not going too far off on a tangent, but. No, no. Well, you know, it's funny is because I, I monitor influencers all the time, just as kind of part of my job. And you will see that where, where you'll see them grow, grow, grow. And then they kind of plateau at some point where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. obviously they've, they've addressed their current audience or maybe the early adopters. And now they're trying to get to that next level, but they either get stuck and they, they get into pushing product too much. And then they mm -hmm. leave out the personal stuff or they never do the personal stuff and then they just kind of flounder and stay where they're at. So I, I love the point that, you know, in order to get to that next level, you do have to get even more personal and mm -hmm. talk about those flaws and you can't just be perfect because mm -hmm. perfect boring. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard that point of like, Hey, you, you're going to have to open up. <laughs> right. Which for me personally, that, that made a huge difference <laughs> just in my life. So I get it. Right. Absolutely. It's kind of like dating or friendship when you get to a certain age, but the tricky part is if you look at more e-com, right, it's hard to, if you recognize, you know, HP laptops, it's not exciting versus Apple. They're definitely, Apple is a prime example of attract and repel. They're so big on their brand where it's, you know, the brand and the value is our features. It's so slick. It's geek chic, you know, we cost a lot. And then it's just people love Apple or they hate it. You know, there's no, there's no uh, in between there, but that's an example of a product that's like a tangible chival. So it's not just health and wellness or uh, coaching and entrepreneurship training. But one thing I was going to touch on is I'm extremely OCD about direct response marketing and statistics. Mm. So I really like if a company is low six figures, for example, and I help them create an email series and split test landing pages and Facebook ads, I want to see every single <laughs> conversion rate of the emails, which ads and the landing pages. Mm. And then I'll literally dissect each subject line and see which ones got the best open rate and why. And then long versus short form email, which ones got the best click through. Um, the ones that didn't have any call to action, did they actually convert? So, I mean, I've helped companies go from, you know, they're kind of frantic and should we need to hire a bunch of people to just very systematic. So if mm. a Facebook ad for a, you know, workout program or supplement, the first two lines are about a testimonial or a science, the scientific reason behind your product. And then the second ad is, which I did is a split test against 
the ad that started with reality check and then a fire emoji. Then I just started talking about their pain points conversationally. It's like night and day. And then the one with the reality check fire emoji actually outperformed the original. And then we nipped it in the bud. Like we're just, that's how we talk to our audience. And um, that was really big on brand voice. It was, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's these little formulaic things of not guessing, but at some level, I feel like it's simplistic and native to me. But then the more I look back, the more I realize how extremely valuable it is. And there's some very prestigious companies who still can't get this down. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an amazing, it sounds so simple, like brand voice conversions and value, but it's extremely powerful. Oh yeah. Well, and I think for, for a lot of people, it's um, like I was saying, the consistency is just really hard because, you know, when you're doing the split testing and you're like, okay, I got say the headline down uh, people don't take that lesson and then apply it to their brand. They think, okay, well, I figured out how my audience responds to this ad, but really what they're figuring out is what you said, where they're figuring out how to speak to your audience. And now you could actually take that lesson and you can apply it to your brand voice or your conversions or uh, you know, everything else that you do to cultivate the audience and ascend them through your path, but it's all connected at the end of the day, right. which, which is tough. Cause I think the, especially the brand, well, let's talk about brand voice really quick, because I think even that term really confuses people. Cause when you say brand voice they're like, well, my mission statement is this and my co core yeah. values are this. <laughs> and you're like, no, those are just things <laughs> we're talking right. about how to talk so how, how do you kind of describe brand voice and help uh, businesses understand what it is there's two versions of brand voice right it's how you want to be portrayed versus what your audience will respond to so that's mm -hmm. like the fractional cmo aspect where i come in and it's strategy so if you are a um up-and-coming guru I've, I've worked with some before who were breaking past six figures and they ask me to edit their copy or they point out a bunch of stuff in their story where they're talking about this is too intense about my divorce story and uh you know this is like i feel embarrassed i don't know if my friends and family think and mm -hmm. i'm like you're but this is what your audience is going to respond to because they've been divorced they've went bankrupt and if you don't want to tell that part of your story through embarrassment you're your brand voice is what you think will work and you're holding mm. yourself back because you have to speak to your audience in a way that really resonates with them. So that's, that's where the rubber meets the road is if you're talking about, if you're an influencer and then there's a certain way you write and speak to your audience, that's really resonating. You have to keep that up, but you can make it interesting. And then there's, you know, I guess there's the health and wellness experts who are the same concept. But then there's the health and wellness companies for, uh, you know, like insulin protection and scientific supplements. And that's where it gets tricky because there's like sensational copy where you're writing an email mm -hmm. that teases the science behind your product. And then there's the professional one that just explains it. And then there's like the e-com one with just pictures and a CTA. And that really can affect your brand voice. And you have to measure that if it's the one with pictures and CTA and you're like, that's not how I wanted to market my product. I want to write cool stuff. Then it's like, you can write, you can write cool stuff, but the goal is to make money and satisfy your clientele. So it's of course what you want to portray, definitely the mission mm -hmm. statement thing, but then there's the big thing of what is your audience going to respond to and why.
Yeah. Well, and what are they going to connect with and and find genuine versus, you know, because a lot of times when we're like, okay, I'm going to appear perfect and it's a total lie because I'm not mm-hmm. perfect, but right. I'm going to pretend really hard and that's going to, that's going to work for the brand. And I think, I think it's possible for that to work, but on an individual and especially a small business level over mm-hmm. time and not a lot of time, maybe six months, 12 months, the truth will come out and you will either be really inconsistent with the, um, you know, not fraudulent, but the uh, rosy version of yourself, or you'll be real and that's sustainable. And now you have a business that could uh, grow. So I think that's absolutely, you know, that's kind of what, what I understood. And just from my, my experience with businesses, cause I always say, I'm like, you, you're pretending right now that's over time. <laughs> you know, people are smart. Everybody acts like, oh, your audience is so dumb and, or your your audience is so uh, ignorant of what you're talking about. It's like, no, they're not. And they're paying attention and they will call you out eventually. I hate to interrupt our podcast, but I have an announcement about digital marketers content certification. Content without a content marketing strategy is an expensive mistake, but it's one that most businesses are making. When it comes to content marketing, all content should be created with a clear purpose to move a customer or potential customer along the customer value journey. That's why you need Digital Marketers Content Mastery Certification. You'll learn how to leverage a complete content system to strategize, create, and distribute content that just plain works. When you become a certified content marketing strategist, you'll master the craft of systematically creating and promoting content that drives noticeable revenue for any business, and you'll get a badge to prove it. Learn more right now at digitalmarketer.com slash So uh, I think that's that's a great message. Just be genuine, share the personal information, and that's that's where the real connections will happen. So uh, moving forward with that, so we established the brand voice. We've got genuine um, kind of appearance to our audience that they're connecting with. Uh, how do you kind of translate that into the conversion side? That's the balance. So, for example, supplement companies that go for the sensational, you know, I've written in that space for some time, and it's the old school 30 page video sales letter, that's aggressive conversions. And you gotta be really good to just have someone click on an ad and then generate six figures in passive income. And that's heavy on conversions. And the the thing behind that is brand voice is almost irrelevant there. You're creating an engagement through amazing copy. So what's big on that is the value, the mechanism behind the workout program or, or the supplement. And that's pretty much how you have to make that decision of how how can we get it best to sell and it works. But there's some email, uh, some health companies where um, I don't know if I, you know the popular ones you've seen infomercials on P90X and Beachbody, where uh, the conversion aspect is they love the celebrity, they love the mechanism mm-hmm. behind the workout program, but if you just talk about brand voice, it's going to fall short, right? So it's like, okay, they love the mechanism, but the celebrity is selling it. So we have to balance it. And where people get timid in different industries, sometimes health and wellness can go too aggressively for conversions. Uh, and then there's the uh, the personality-based. And I've seen a common issue, even people who hit seven-figure levels, is they get so caught up. I hate being sound like a jerk, but like a popularity contest because it's become mm. so big 
on value. Like I say, amazing stuff. My audience loves me, you know, then it becomes brand voice and value. But then it's just lazy on the conversions. Like if you have slow conversion rates and you have an amazing content in your email, then at the bottom, it's like, by the way, click here for my event. <laughs> your conversions are going to suffer. You have to be strategic, you know, share content that leads them in that direction and direct how they think. And if you want to write 10 emails, then really build it up. And then on 10th email, send like a thousand, sell a thousand dollar program. And it, it really depends on your niche, but there's the conversion strategy and it, it's kind of the micro level versus the macro level, but it's a sound, I'm making it sound super complicated. I'm really actually just trying to distill it and info marketing, you know, coaching companies, agencies, there's their own, you know, sometimes it is, do we get people on the phone? Do we close the deal then? And then it's a different process. But ultimately I would say it almost boils down to the boring stuff of knowing your target audience really well and just looking at the numbers of statistics and marketing. And it's just, this is the boring stuff. And then now we build the exciting stuff around it. Yeah, I, well, I think people need to hear that, that because a lot of times when you get into marketing, it's like, oh no, we're going to get fun and we're going to make all these connections and we're going to be able to draw everybody in and, and do all that stuff. But uh, we do that initially and then we get bored and then we come up with a new product and a new conversion offer and a new thing. And, and people go new instead of doing what you're talking about, which is no, do the thing, analyze it, get the metrics and then moving forward now you have a you know factual basis to make decisions on versus initially where you're prospecting ideas so I, I i love that concept and i think it's it's easy to be impatient and i think a lot right. of marketers are you know shiny object syndrome all the time and you're like well that didn't work so now i'm going to have to try something brand new again <laughs> and and i've had i've had yeah. I've had to walk people off the cliff where they're like, oh, well, I just spent six months doing this offer. I put it up last week and it's not working. So what do I try next? And I'm like, well, you figure out that six month project. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't right. start a new one. You did all the hard work. Now you got to do, you know, the, the labor. And then that's what's going to, what's going to prove or move forward. So uh, love, love the concept. Yeah. I just wanted to say something about that. When that happens, it's always, almost always going too aggressively for conversions. It's like, oh, this is doing really well. Let's scale it. Let's change the back end. Let's test the price and blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, actually people are upset with the product, for example, because you forgot <laughs> the value. It's all about the uh, money, this and that. I want to implement this thing. And it's, I got people to pay, uh, $97 when it was $7, but it's like, actually your audience doesn't like you anymore because you mm. actually gave a, you just started charging a hundred bucks for a lead magnet. So thing. yeah, it, it's <laughs> like, now let's just automate the back end. And it's like, it, it is the rushing, definitely the rushing part. It's usually a, a off kilter with conversions, but it makes sense. It's extremely tempting in our era for sure. Oh yeah. Well, you just want that. Well, and we're all taught like, no, you should be able to automate anything. And once you have it automated, then you just cash those checks and you go to Dubai and take pictures with sports cars <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you made it and you're rich. Uh, yep. But, but like you said, and one of the case studies you talked about is somebody making it to that seven figure mark and then kind of, you know, blowing it <laughs> because they didn't have the value right. aspect. Um so let's yep. talk about that. So, so you've established your brand voice. You've come up with your conversion mechanism that's consistently working. Um, how do you, you know, take that uh, those two aspects and turn it into the value message that's going to keep that audience for a longer time? 
So there was this, uh, not going to get into any specifics at all. There was this diabetes influencer. I met at a networking event many years ago. Really great guy. His business partner was a copywriter. It was interesting. So they went from nothing to, they just started. And then a year, year and a half, two years later, they were almost at the 2 million mark. And it was amazing. And they were so powerful at creating this. They just, you know, they found out like, oh, they love his story. The diabetes influencer we will just make, you know, docu-series and video. And it was just killing it. It was just all about his personal story and people were buying it left and right. So it was like, it sounds boring and repetitive, but his brand voice value and <laughs> conversion. It's like, you're crushing it. And then the value became his story and then how his info products and coaching programs were built upon it. And then scaling so fast got so tempting. It's like, man, nothing to one and a half, two million. We have, we became high profile. We have affiliates. And then they contacted me a year later and the business partner jumped ship and they were going bankrupt. And then I was like, how the heck did that happen? And then I asked to see, let me see the past 30, 60 days of your email statistics, because it sounds, you told me people aren't, your conversion rate is almost nothing in your emails and then he scrambled to find it and I got worried. And then I looked 30, 60 days of their past emails, you know, clicking around and every single email, there was no more value. It was, here's my cool uh -huh. brand voice. It's me again, check out this product. Then it was like, it's me again, check out this affiliate product. And then the most interesting part was people were still reading his email. Mm. So you can clearly tell that they still love the guy but no one was even clicking the links. It wasn't just crappy conversion rates. No one was even clicking the links anymore because like they see it and it's he's pitching me again, you know, kind of in the dating yeah, they know. dating world. Like, oh, he, he or she is just being needy again. Like, I'll ignore it, you know? No, well, I think that's just a red flag to people. Well, and, and right. you know, like you said, like they're getting the value out of just what you said in the email. They don't need to take that next step. And so, yep. you know, it's, it's interesting it. that they were so open to it though because that's, Usually just see everything fall off like, oh, I'm just going to ignore this email or unsubscribe. That's a that's a rare that was that was actually a rare occurrence. It was kind of crazy, but that was just no more value. It's just I want to talk about me and then I want to go for a conversion and no more value, no more nurture of your story, no more cool facts, no more emails without a call to action. And then it just got old, you know, and it was just. I think the funniest part about all of this is when you get a seasoned expert who could really see the micro and macro level, not just the copy, you could mm. literally reverse engineer, like diagnose where it was wrong. You know, this, these things. And I was just like, you're pitching every email. I mean, no value, right? So this is how we're going to revamp your strategy and tweak it. Or there's others where it's, you know, your influencer and people still love you they love your content but you're slacking off on the conversions so this mm -hmm. that's the area we have to tweak so you could literally reverse engineer little things like that and it's i you know can't underestimate it because you can really scale lean and mean on that when you get really good at this so oh yeah well i think you know everybody kind of focuses on the list building because they think like well building a list once i have a big list then i can make all the money versus uh you know systematically kind of cultivating educating and then uh continuing to provide value for your your customers i think in the health and wellness space i always admired uh mark's daily apple you know are you familiar with that one but he's been he's been around forever like mid 2000s i think is when i got on the you know his list and it was 
I think he had 50,000, you know, emails back then. And even now he doesn't talk about like, oh, I had millions, but he's obviously grown significantly. And now he's up to like 250,000. But I tell people, especially influencers, like you have a solid 10, 20,000 person list and they love you. Like you could turn that into millions year after year after year, as long as they're, they're doing what you're talking about, which is continuing to maintain the voice maintain the conversions and then maintain the values. So I think that's huge. Yeah. I think it always comes back to that core concept. You know, that's where you guys are uh, seasoned experts and, you know, creating a mass presence for pinpointing the opportunities to scale and to do it quickly. But there are, you know, those pitfalls of, you know, maintain what you've already got and take it to a higher level. So if people love your value, then it won't hurt to be cliche and create a live event, a webinar and all that stuff. But if you're selling a supplement and people think your product is amazing and they love the science behind it, and then you create a webinar or <laughs> an event and people are talking, they're just bored. Like, I don't, I don't care. Just give okay. me a sale, like a two for one, you know? Yeah. So it is, it's definitely keeping that in mind, but for sure, for sure. There's a lot of strategies to pinpoint the right one to scale quickly. Yeah, well, I think if somebody, you know, hires a professional like you, where you can actually look at the copy and look at everything that's happening and say, no, this messaging is off or it's inconsistent or it's missing, uh, that's hugely valuable. Because I think the the riskiest part of getting from like your, your you know, seven figures, everyone wants to make it to a million dollars and then getting to the 10 or 20 million, the leap is enormous because the temptation is that everything you've yep. done has been perfect you're just a successful phenomenon and everything you touch turns to gold and then right. then what happens is they lose track of the ball or they're like oh well i'll make 50 brands now and it'll all work it's like no you gotta figure out the one or keep doing the one right yeah no one's immune to the temptation which is the thing you know me included it was just learning from failures i have to learn from my failures as well as other people's but business is business you know it's if someone is just going to start one thing and expect to be perfect, I mean, it's, you got to, there's that grit, of course, with the putting up with the ups and downs, but uh, there, yeah, definitely that temptation. I mean, anyone listening to this, you can apply everything I'm talking about and next month have a six or seven figure month and then you'll be on cloud nine and then it's, here's the temptation, <laughs> you know, let's just, let's just double down on our marketing budget and we're just going to triple or double we're just going to add a whole product line. And then it, at some level, it's like, whoa, wait, I mean, you're going to see some drop off, you know, and anyway. Well, well, I think it's, you know, easy come, easy go too. So it's like, if you, if you do get that, you win the lottery of entrepreneurship and you get to that seven figure month where it's something you've never achieved before. Um, yeah. Having the discipline and uh, maturity to be like, you know what, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing instead of going out to buy a Lamborghini and then <laughs> <laughs> it's tempting. It's tempting. Even me, who, even me who's supposed to help do that for clients and become a partner in business building. I'm the same way. I'm like, uh, you know, I had a really good month. What can I blow it on? And I'm like, man, I'm being a hypocrite. It's not even sometimes <laughs> it's not like I'm going to double down on my marketing spend or I'm just going to plan this vacay on impulse. And I'm like, man, no one, no one is immune to it. It is that discipline. You know, you could get to that level where I think that's why I love, sports you know i love uh like mixed martial arts mma for that reason because some people get so good and it's just they feel like they can dominate and then there's that ego when you come in then there's that showboating versus the humble person then the one who showboats and just wins fight after fight after fight and then you just fall into that temptation of 
I'm invincible or whatever. And then you just get knocked out and they quit, quit their career or something. And that's that ego of like this next fight. I can, you know, every, the playing field is equal, even though I'm hot and I'm on fire, I got to stay humble because, uh, no one's immune to the wave of success, but that's, that's like the world of sport, right? That, that's like a, a kinning, a, making that akin to marketing, but I think it's very relevant. Oh yeah. No, I compare fitness and, and marketing all the time, just from yeah, a whole bunch of different principles, but I love that comparison between, cause you see those fighters and sometimes you'll, you watch it. I'm trying to think of one, the last time that happened where I was like, man, that guy's indestructible. Like how could even, how could anybody even try to fight him? Like he just looks so dominant. Yeah. I and think they just was, take uh, back. <laughs> what was her name? She was a female fight. I think cyborg or something. I don't remember her. She was the one who got knocked out. It was one. I didn't, I didn't really fi- uh, follow the female league that closely, but there was Rousey. Yeah. Was that her yeah. Rousey? And yeah. She got so yeah, cocky she was... and then she got knocked out and cried and quit. Well, yeah, Is she hasn't Rousey? faced anybody. I think it was. And then she became yeah. an actress and then she went to WWE or something like that. And it was just like, no, you don't want to be yeah. anybody who's too big for their britches in, in MMA, especially any, well, any kind yeah. of fighting will be humbled. Like, yeah, it's like it you could lose this much. fight. <laughs> One good punch could knock you out 10 seconds in. Like you could lose this fight. If you do, don't cry and quit. You can in business, but then you'll, you'll be an employee, but it's up to you. You know, like she did the same thing and it was not that it's right or wrong, but it's, you know, you can crush it. You get, you know, I'm going to drop a million dollars on this campaign because we had seven figure months. And if it fails, like you get knocked out in the first yeah. minute, don't cry and quit. You know, you, you knew what you were getting into and just get back up. Nope. And that's, uh, yeah, that's experience too. Cause you know, ideally you don't have to quit everything, which is usually what happens where somebody has a giant success and then they, it goes bad. And then they're like, well, I'm never doing that again or, or shifts their entire self-perception and they're mentally, uh, or emotionally not capable of recovering and doing it again because they've gone to their head too much. So, I think that's a whole nother topic we could get into. Maybe we'll have you on next time for for the entrepreneur mindset because it is, it's a, it's a roller coaster and it's very easy to, to fall off. And if you believe that you maybe deserve to fail because of X, Y, and Z, then it's going to be really hard to succeed. So we'll definitely cover that next time. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, I love the, love the tips. I I love the simplicity of, uh, you know, brand voice conversion and values. Uh, where can people find out more about uh, working with you? Uh, just go to www.copyblueprints.com. And at the top, there's a link to download uh, something called Authority Sales Page Swipe File. And it's actually a bunch of this stuff I applied in detail over many years. And you can literally see all the raw copy and my explanations. And I actually have a few over-the-shoulder videos of doing it. But uh, you go ahead and download that for free. It's a lot of this stuff in action. So copyblueprints.com awesome well thank you so much john uh it's been super informative uh love the messaging and definitely have to have you back on just to talk about that entrepreneurship mindset and and kind of the the ups and downs that we all go through that i'd love to i'd love to get philosophical you know it's uh that's my favorite the (laughs) the fundamentals right if you get knocked out in mma it's like you get back to the fundamentals you know your defense your attitude your technique and it's like I, beating a dead horse, but in business, it's brand voice conversions in value. It's funny. Oh yeah. Well, I'm picking yourself up when you fail because that Absolutely. is a lot of the game is, Definitely. is failure. And then being humble enough to learn from it is, is such a trick. 
Uh, but thank you so much, John. We'll have you on again soon. And in the meantime, uh, everybody can check out that swipe file, which uh, I'll definitely go to download as well. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.